I am Gaima, and you have arrived. Welcome. Spend some time. probably last week um one of my my close friends had asked me what I was gonna do when it came to my podcast he's like are you know people are used to you <laughs> um he was like and I'm not trying to put any pressure on you or anything like that like you know I'm just curious like what do you think you'll do and um you know I told him I said I don't I don't I realized that I am going to speak I'll I'll continue to podcast, but the good news is that I don't have to really do anything different, I guess. I don't have to deviate from what I would normally do because what I normally do is speak about whatever I want to speak about. I don't really spend too much time talking about current affairs unless it's something that is on my heart and I really want to speak about it. I don't keep up with pop culture, you know, that closely. Like I'll see news headlines, you know, I'll be sent usually memes because some celebrities, dumb shit has put them in a position to become the best meme of the week. And that's usually how I get like my pop culture news. I don't really spend a lot of time listening to other podcasts as much as I used to. Um, but I do listen to a couple and I'm hoping that I get to a point soon where I can start listening to other people with a sense of enjoyment because it's totally for entertainment. Like I'll listen while I'm like working on some sort of project on my laptop or I'll listen if I'm sketching or if I'm sewing, you know, and don't really want to talk to anyone. Um, and I hope I get back to that soon. My heart just really hasn't been in that space. 
but I'm working on it consciously aware that I'm not there. So when I do get there, it'll feel, it'll feel good. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to talk because I got to do it for myself. I have to release all of what is on my mind just to maintain my own mental health, my own mental fortitude. Everybody's got their bag of things that they do to maintenance themselves. I have mine. You know, I talked about it in my book. And um, it's real. It's, it's a few years since in the book where I reference in the perseverance chapter, you know, what it's like to battle depression when you lose someone. So I don't know, just in a, in a, in a mental state where it's like unexpected, like you just weren't thinking that way. Right. Um, imagine during that period of time, of course, one of my, I was living with one of my best friends and I was, you know, in conversation regularly with the other one, living with Koku, spoke often with Angie and, you know, both did their part. They really played their part to help me grow and get through that space, completely different mythologies. And there was probably little to no collaboration between the two of them. Um, but them along with, you know, close family members and other close friends really helped me to get past that period. And Angie so much so through our conversations that I quoted her in my book. And now I have to take her advice to push forward despite the fact that she is no longer physically alive. The reality of that in and of itself, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? There's a what the fuck that is constantly going through my mind. Like the way that water waves in the ocean, it's just continuous. It just is continuous. That is one stream of thought that I don't know will ever leave my mind for the rest of this lifetime of mine. When I think about my Ange and I think about her abrupt physical death, I'm like, what the fuck? That thought process does not change. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, where I'm at. When I think about it, I'm like, what the fuck? And so I think anybody who is watching or listening, if you have suffered a loss 
of someone who you love, who is a part of your regular life, your like your 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 every day, your every week, and that person is your person. Um, I'm sure you can understand exactly what I'm describing. Like for me, mornings are my most difficult time of day. Waking up, I don't know the last time that I woke up um, in alignment with my alarm. I'm waking up three o'clock, four o'clock. Ironically, it's like Angie shift for work because she'd have to be at the airport by like four. Um, and I'll wake up and uh, there's like this tight, tightness in my stomach, knots of just, it's almost like uh, when you feel nervous, but it's not good nervous, it's bad nervous. Um, and so just being aware of that part, then I have to kind of like coach myself through it, like breathe. You're still here. You gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta breathe. It starts with breath and like mentally coaching myself through these breath exercises, you know, like I said, I have really amazing friends. Christina Jovan is one of them and she is my breath coach. We started that early on during the season of COVID when we're talking about, I don't know, almost a year to the date, almost. Like definitely, I think we really started that March of 2020, no later than April. But definitely, I think March of 2020, we started those conversations around the breathing. How do you breathe through this? And so I'm having to use those breath ex exercises to get myself together. And then um, if I get up too early and I know I have to be like, tuned in to, to customers, clients, whomsoever, you know, work in about two or three hours. I won't sit and just stare at the ceiling, which was what I started doing, right? And so if you're doing that, what I suggest, get your day started. For me, I shower before I really do anything else. Call it my shower and shea. So I'll get up, shower, um, and then I'll decide like, okay, are you ready to go on and do something else or do you need to go back to sleep? Cause it's still like 5.30 or 4.30, like whatever time I get up and I'll make that decision. And if I decide to lay back down, I'll set my alarm to make sure like, I'm up though in time to get things handled. Um, and if it's a day where I don't need to be up by a certain time, I'll just make the decision and then act accordingly and give myself the grace to get back up whenever. 
because I'm not committed to be anywhere, do anything. And um, it's about making the decisions to move forward in the littlest ways because those littlest ways end up meaning so much because they carry you through. Like if I give myself the grace and I lay back down and I sleep for a little and then I get up, but when I get up, I'm, I'm refreshed, but then I make the decision like, you gotta be productive. You're still alive. You have work to do. So get up. And there's some, it's corny as shit, but it's some moments where I'm like, what would Angie do? If she was sitting next to you, would she like, she'd probably console you. Oh, Yima being, you know, but she'd be like, girl, you got, you got shit to do. Get up. Because, um, I do. And so I get up. And I, I move forward, but I'm honest. If I'm on the phone talking with team members or talking to a friend, family member, somebody that calls me and they're like, you know, how are you doing? I'm honest. Tell them in that moment exactly how I'm doing because I need to honor myself. I need to honor my feelings. I need to be so present right now. The presence is what keeps me from falling into that hole of depression. It's the staying present and keeping it real and being honest and crying when I need to and laughing when something is funny and breathing it's the honesty it's the honesty it's the honoring of my feelings and it's the honesty of communicating that effectively i could be in conversation and um Someone says something and I choke up. Um, I have never really been the one to like fight back my feelings. I'm definitely known amongst my family and my friends as the crier. Um, maybe also the yeller. All of these other emotional things. I'm an emotional person and I've been this way. So there were periods of time where people close to me would kind of give me shit for that. And I'm grateful that I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> it's true because um, there's just certain things I'm not, I've never really been willing to make concessions about. And like, if you really fuck with me the long way, you'll, you'll accept and you'll even maybe grow to love that quality about me. And like, I know that's one of the things that Angie just grew to accept about me. Oh, Yima Bean, you're such a crybaby. 
don't cry. Um, it's okay. Because when people really love you, they will allow you to just be you fully in, in, in your entirety. Um, doesn't mean that they need to take your bullshit. So watch that. But, you know, those qualities, like those real qualities of who you are as a character. And so that's, that's kind of where like when I reminisce, I think of like my pain, why my, my stomach knots, because in a selfish way, I'm like, who, who is going to love me that much again in this life? in the same way like I, it's not possible it's not best friends are not replaceable that's the other thing they're not not when you're grown and you you really get to understand what a best friend is and you're the type of person who believes in it and honors it and and like you you both have your unspeakable connection and bond that's not replaceable so sometimes i'm like i just want to call and just talk about nothing with Ange, and um i can't do that anymore not in this life and that's um that's where the um that's where the knots that deep breath and that knot that's where the reality um the grief part I'm going to need some help, but I have some and I'm getting more. Um, and I'm going to get creative with how I get through this. One of the things that uh, I can already say I'm grateful for is that I have uh, friends who will join me on this podcast to help me just talk through stuff that's on my heart, especially in regards to this topic. Besides helping me, my hope is that it helps anyone who is listening or watching because I know that I'm not the only one who feels like this. And it's not even just like the feeling, the day to day, just trying to get through the day, but it's also knowing that you are someone who is responsible for how your thoughts influence other people. Everybody wants to be, you know, this is a day and age where people like want to be an influencer. And based on like where you sit in that space and what you do, you know, the flavors, it's whatever, right? Like it, it varies. But for me, my space and where I influence is something that I am committed to. And um, 
I've realized that it's even more important now than ever, not only to stay committed to that, but to show up now how I am in the state that I'm in because this is the reality. <coughs> Excuse me. Life is happening and this is a part of life. Losing people to death Losing people, however it happens, that's the part about life that uh, can be the hardest. And um, many of us, like, we still have to show up. We still have to show up and uh, excel. And a lot of people will say, like, you know, you don't have to show up. You don't... Um. I think it's different for everyone. If you are suffering from imposter syndrome, this might be like the time to sit down and really think, how do you want to course correct and move forward? Right? For me, I've been talking about mental fortitude specifically and how an entrepreneur needs to show up consistently since 2018 and i even put it into book form in 2019 because i'm so passionate about it i didn't do it because i thought it was a gimmick or it was like a quick easy cool way to make money like it was on my heart. So this is no different. This is on my heart. I have already been in the practice of the five P's of entrepreneurship. I've already been in the practice of purpose. I've been in the practice of presence. I've been in the practice of pursuit. I've been in the practice of perseverance. And finally, I'm getting closer and closer to the practice of being prosperous. And this perseverance, I don't want to say I've mastered it, but I'm going on 10,000 hours minimum at this point, right? Because this shit, oh my God. <laughs> this. <sighs> so, <clears throat> before, you know, I think the series of conversation officially starts around grief that I want to bring to this podcast and share with you all. I want to take a moment first and foremost to just express like my deepest condolences to Angie's immediate family. 
because I know how I feel. Every day, every, every day. So if I know exactly how I feel, just the thought of um, Angie being my child, my sibling, my first cousin, my second cousin, my, oof. And then um, Angie had a second family, which is her airport family. And um, y'all were the people who, who got to see her and experience her every single day. Like the way that I experienced her every single day when we were in college you know, y'all got to experience Angie in that way. And um, I I can't imagine what it's like to walk into work and know the reality of the fact that she's not at her desk or she's not about to come in or she's not about to text you and give you updates or all of the different things. And um I'm just praying for God to comfort each and every one of you. Um, the way that you all have embraced me, um, it's 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 humbling. Um, thank you. Um, Teresa, we just are together now. This is it. Um, our bond is Angie and it's a special one. And so I'm grateful, especially because by you coordinating what you coordinated for her to help um, the Southwest family have an opportunity to gather together and, and celebrate and give tribute um, and grieve together in that moment and include me in that. Um, I mean, we've talked about it. Uh, I didn't even know that I needed that until after the fact. So I'm grateful. And, um, and then I, I want to extend like just for those of you there's so many people now in the world who are experiencing so many different levels of of low vibrational levels of like trying to cope with all of the variations of loss whether it's loss physically of someone you know they've now transitioned um, so many different variations of loss, like, um, I invite you because we're going to, we're going to talk about these, these levels of grief, like 
whatever you Google, yeah, that's part, but also like the part that isn't on Google that is real and that's happening and that needs to be spoken about so that there can be some sort of like understanding above all else that like you're not alone and you don't have to do this alone. And sometimes, you know, some people don't have others that really understand how they are feeling. And so my hope also is that like, when we do that series, um, if you're listening, if you're watching, like you don't feel alone. <clears throat> yeah. So more to come, I guess. I don't have dates. Like um, it's day by day for me. So when it's recorded and it's posted, then it's there. I'll try and get consistent, but this is a, a time of healing and trying to find comfort. And so I'm committed to myself first. And I just want that to be clear. Um, I'm wishing all of you just uh, good vibes and, and peace and comfort, no matter where you are watching or listening. I'm Gaima. I will talk to you soon. I'm so grateful because sometimes when I would be traveling, whether it was within the country or outside of the country, I would be worried Who's Angie talking to? If she's not talking to me, <laughs> who is she talking to? Because we're known for our, um, I don't know how many records we've broken as far as conversations, as, as, as far as the hours. My sisters, both of them are with me, can attest that when I'm on the phone with Angie, just don't talk to me. I don't care. Oh, the house is on fire. I don't care. Um, figure it out because me and Angie are talking. And so at least a minimum of three hours a week, um, we would catch up. It's, it's a real blessing to finally put names with faces. Um, I'm not a Facebook person. You can catch me on Instagram. Um, but Angie is like my, my lifeline to, to Facebook. And so she keeps me updated. Um, I will say for this lady here who battled alcoholism, she never told me, she did keep your secret. She did. And I'm so proud of you just for hearing this. Um, Angie, Angie still is, cause I can't say was. Um, she is my human diary and I'm, I'm listening to this today, all of you speak and share, and really I was too. Um, we met at Indiana University in 1999. And um, I'll never forget, one of my, my mom's older brothers called me and said, are you sure? that you are going to go to IU? And I said, uncle, why would you ask that? 
my acceptance letter and scholarship paperwork is in. I'm, I'm out. I'm counting down the days to get out of this jail. I mean, house. <laughs> and he said, but it's just so racist down there. And I said, how is that different from Ohio? I'm going. And I, Indiana University Bloomington campus is where I forged some of the most important relationships in my life. And Angie and I met the first week of school because we lived on the same floor, Briscoe Gucker, floor 10. And um, we were fast friends. Part of the, our friendship built from the simple fact that we both love to get there right on time, <laughs> which to many people might be considered late. But let me tell you, her and I got it. We just got it. We just gelled. And in that 1999-2000 um, year, towards the end of the year, there was a, a, a tiff, if you will, amongst friends. And it wasn't, it was, it, it, it involved me and one of the other girls. And Angie kind of took the side of the other girl. And that summer, everybody went away back home. And so when I came back, I came back two weeks early because I um, was always trying to figure out how I was going to reduce that damn um, tuition fee. And I became an alcohol drug peer educator. <laughs> such a joke. And uh, <laughs> believe it or not, I actually did not drink until my 21st birthday. And Angie was right with me for my first strawberry daiquiri. <laughs> um, but when I returned, you know, it was two weeks pretty much before school started and we had to be trained. And Angie was back. And, and she, she wasn't in that program. She just came back early. And so it was her and I alone on the 10th floor because we both wanted to be back there. And I know that that's God, first and foremost. I know that that's God because we could have chosen anywhere else. She chose her same exact room and I chose my same exact room. But this time it was different because we didn't have roommates. We had it all to ourselves. And so we saw each other at the elevator and looked at each other like, what is, what's, hmm, hmm. And so we saw each other later on and just sat down as young women and we pieced it out and we talked it out as to what maybe had gone wrong between us. And we realized some things about the fact that, you know, you really got to be careful of the circles that you're in because there will be people who will try and bring negative energy and falsehoods. And we figured it out. And from that day, never, ever have we been anything but soulmates. She... She was my, she, everything that you all have said, that's what she was to me. And it started then. We grew up together. We've, we've had some of the most ridiculous shenanigans together, partying. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. 
we have our own story. Um, you all know that she was the best secret keeper and it worked because all I did was, was bleh, let me tell you what happened, girl. And she was, um, she is my, she was my vault. She is my nickname for her, many of them, Angela Lynn, shock, them, shock it to them, Angela Lynn Whitfield, Shockley, Angela, Angie Tangy. Um, but she was my oracle because she remembered everything in detail. She could probably tell you more about my life than I could because she paid attention and it mattered to her. We have worked through a lot of personal traumas together. We have helped each other to heal through breakups. Um, we have helped each other to be open again to love. We have taught each other how to forgive, but she's definitely that better teacher on that side. I, I'm a little bit more petty than her. And so now that she is officially the first angel of mine who actually knows me, she will be the person who elevates me to be the best version of myself before it's my time. And she'll do that spiritually. I'll just give you guys one more story. I've missed Angie, like being physically with Angie so much. You know, I'm usually in New York. Um, I was in Africa for eight months, several years ago. And please believe, like, we, we didn't get to do our three hours while I was in Africa. The connection is not the best, but we never, ever, ever were out of sync. She always knew where I was, what I was doing, how I was feeling. And I've just missed being physically in her company. And so I have been looking so forward to her birthday that I feel like everybody who I spoke with within the past like two months, they're like, is it your birthday or is it her birthday? Because you just, I was so ready. And Angie talked me out of come this weekend and said, girl, it's too cold. You know, I like to be cold. Just, you know, you know, just come in March, just come in March. And I never took it off my calendar. I don't know why I just, and I'm that person that once plans change, I update my calendar, but for some reason, I just did not remove it from my calendar. Um, I, I made some gifts for her, surprise gifts. And, um, you know, we had this joke. Um, one of the reasons why we would be late to all the parties on campus was because we knew together we had the best body. She had them titties. <laughs> and I got a little bit of junk. And so together with the right black dress, both in coordination, we didn't have to ever pay to enter. <laughs> and that carried us through <laughs> all the way. <laughs> and so my nickname for her her, her, her voluptuous 
self was Fred and Ted. I had a name for them. <laughs> and she was like, Yama Bean, shut up. I'm like, um, how's Fred and Ted? What are they up to? And um, so I had I had some some merch made for her. Uh, it says Freddie and Teddy. And um, my producers, they, they sent it and they had reached out to me this past week to just check and hey, did your friend get her stuff and da 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 and I had to tell them. I had to tell them. I've never had so many people cry for me. But I didn't know how many people were crying with me. And so I am, I'm so grateful because you guys were all there. And she really loved, I mean, some of y'all got on her nerves. <laughs> okay. But she really loved you guys. Like she really loved, she loved Southwest. She loved Air, listen, she loved AirTran. AirTran University, your top member is right there. She, she loved the airline. And I remember when she told me that she was like, I think I'm gonna do this airline thing when we had graduated. And, you know, we graduated from, you know, the Kelly School of Business, one of the top business schools in the country and this, that, and the third and yada, yada, yada. And all of us, you know, we went into corporate. Um, JP Morgan Chase and um, the accounting firms and all of these things. And Angie was like, not, I mean, I got, I got two degrees, two double, two majors, two minors, like, because she's an overachiever. Um, like, it's not new. She's been this way. And, um, but she knew then that she just loved, she just loved the airline culture. She was a traveler and she just loved people all kinds of people and honestly where is the best place that you can meet all kinds of people and help them and connect with them it's none it's nowhere but but the airport and so i want you all to know that she really wanted to be with you when she was here she really wanted to it wasn't um forced even though she's like damn it this shift 4 a.m you know damn good and well but she loved being here she she her life the way she lived it was exactly the way she wanted to she definitely turned down several promotions i literally was like are you are, are you sure but she was and family over everything. It is just, I have never felt so honored to be called a best friend like today. And it's crazy because I actually have two. Angie is one of the two of my best friends and the three of us have been thick like thieves. And Koku is in Tanzania right now and I had to call her and tell her, and she was like, but she's supposed to come to Africa with us. <laughs> and so this is all of our 40th year on this earth. And so I'm just praying. I'm just always praying at this point now, like 
I know Angie is exactly where she's supposed to be. These are the types of things we see in movies. Of course, her being a movie buff, you know, um, she would go out like a, a movie. Um, she's, she is, she is, she is a star. And um, I just, I want you all to know that she lived her life exactly the way she wanted to live it. She really flourished in her purpose. And I'm just so proud that, that you all loved her. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us at I Am Gaima, a podcast. It's a shit show out here, y'all. We need each other more than ever. So let's stay connected. Feel free to share, like, and subscribe on various social media platforms. You can find us at I Am Gaima or Gaima Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For a deeper connection, consider joining the community. Visit gaimashow.com to submit your email and become a part of the monthly conversations. I actually try and send out notes consistently and I respond. Until next time, be intentional about what you listen to and protect your peace.